chapter forty three of a woman's experiences in the great war by louise mack this librivox recording is in the public domain recording by expatriate in bangor maine chapter forty three saturday the saddest thing in antwerp is the howling of the dogs thousands have been left shut in the houses when their owners fled and all day and night these poor creatures utter piercing desolate cries that grow louder and more piercing as time goes on it is saturday morning october tenth strange things have happened when i went to my door just now i found it locked from the outside i have tried the other door that is locked too what does it mean i wonder here i am in a little room about twelve feet by six with one window looking on to the back wall of one of the antwerp theatres i can hear the sounds of fierce cannonading going on in the distance but the noise within the hotel close at hand is so loud as to deaden the sounds of battle for the germans are running up and down the corridors perpetually shouting singing stamping and the pianos are going too nobody comes near me i knock at both the doors but gently for i am afraid to draw attention to myself nobody answers the old woman and the two little children have left the room on my right the old man has left the room on my left i am all alone in this little den i dress as well as i can but the room is just a tiny sitting-room there are no facilities for making one's toilette i have to do without washing my face instead i rub it with creme florine and the amount of black that comes off is appalling then i lie down at full length on my mattress and wonder what is going to happen next hour after hour goes by in a corner of the room i discover an english weekly history of the war and lying there on my mattress i read many strange stories that seem somehow to mock a little at these real happenings then voices just outside in the corridor reach me out there two old belgians are talking it is the english who don't want to surrender the fortresses says one they are discussing the fighting which still goes on fiercely in the forts around the city my head aches i am hungry and those big guns are making what the kaiser would call world noises strange thoughts come over me attacking me like samson agonistes deadly swarm of hornets armed in a terrific conflict it doesn't seem to matter much which side is victorious all hatred of the conquerors dies away in fact the conquerors themselves may seem like deliverers since peace comes in with their entrance and i am weak and weary enough at this moment to wish les anglais would give it up let the forts be rendered and let the cannon cease anything for peace for an end of slaughter an end of terror an end of this cruel soul-racking thunder terrible thoughts deadly thoughts do they come to the soldiers thoughts like these heaven help the poor fellows if they do they are more deadly than death for they attack only the immortal part of one leaving the mortal to save itself while they blight and corrode the spirit i am weary i have not slept for five nights and i feel as if i shall never sleep again i dare say that's partly why i have been weak enough to wish for an end of noise it's five o'clock and darkness has set in nobody has been near me i'm still here locked up in this little room i roam about like a caged animal i look from the window the blank back wall of the antwerp theatre meets my eye but a corner of the hotel looks in also and i can see three tiers of windows so i hastily move away 
in all those rooms there are germans quartered now what if they glanced down here and discovered me i pull the curtains over the window and move back into the room this is saturday afternoon october tenth and all of a sudden a queer thought comes over me october tenth is my birthday i lie down on the mattress again and my thoughts begin dreamily to revolve round an extraordinary psychic mystery that i became conscious of when i was little more than a baby in far-away australia i became conscious at the age of four that i heard in my imagination the sounds of cannon and i became certain too that those cannon were going to be real cannon some day yes all my life ever since i could think i have heard heavy firing in my ears and have known i was going to be very close to battle some far-off day or other have other people been born with the same belief i wonder i should like so much to know gradually a vast area of speculative psychology opens out before me and like one walking in a world of dreams i lose myself in its dim distances seeking for some light clear opening wherein i can discover the secret of this extraordinary psychic or physiological mystery that has hidden itself for a lifetime in my being i say hidden itself yet though it has kept itself dark and concealed it has always been teasing my subconsciousness with vague queer hints of its presence until at last i have grown used to it and have even arranged a fairly comfortable explanation of its existence between my soul and myself i have told myself that it is something i can never never understand and that it is all the explanation i have ever been able to give to myself of the presence of this uninvited guest who has dwelt for a lifetime in the secret chambers of my intuitions who has hidden there veiled and mysterious never showing a simple feature to betray itself eye lips brow always remaining unseen unknown uninvited unintelligible yet always potent always softly disturbing one's belief in one's ordinary everyday life with that dull roar of cannon which seemed to visualize in my brain with an image of blinding sunlight lying there on the bare mattress on this drear october day which goes down to history as the day on which germany set up her governor in antwerp i begin to wonder if my subliminal consciousness has been trying all these years to warn me that danger would come to me some day to the sound of battle and am i in that danger now is this the moment perhaps that the secret silent guest has tried to show me lay lurking in a wait for me ready to make me fulfil my destiny in some dark and terrible way no i can't believe it i can't see it like that i don't believe that that is what the roar of cannon has been trying to say to me all my life i can't sense danger i won't no i mean i can't my reason assures me there isn't any danger that is going to catch me no matter how it may threaten and then the hornet flies to the attack it says people who are haunted with premonitions nearly always disregard them until too late so occupied am i with these dreams and philosophings that i lie there in the darkness forgetful of time and hunger until i hear voices in the next room and there is the old woman opening my door and the two little yellow-haired children staring in at me curiously the old woman gives me some grapes out of a basket under her bed and a glass of water pauvre enfant she says i am sorry i could bring you no food but the germans are up and down the stairs all day long and i dare not risk them asking me who is that for but why are you so afraid i ask 
last night you were so nice to me what has happened come tell me the truth alors madame i will tell you you recollect that german who leaned over the counter for such a long time when you were washing glasses yes my lips felt suddenly dry as wood alors madame he said to me that fellow she never speaks who did he mean alors madame he meant you this then i think to myself is what happens to one when one is really frightened the lips turn dry as chips and all because a german has noticed me it is absurd i force a smile perhaps you imagine this i said no because he said to me to-day where is that mädchen who never spoke what did you say she is deaf i told him she does not hear when any one speaks to her so that is why you locked me up c'est ça madame it was my brother who wished it he is very afraid and now madame good-night i must put the little girls to bed well i think this is ridiculous i said how long am i to stay here she shook her head and began to unfasten little fair-haired maria's black serge frock pushing her out of my room as she did so with the evident intention of locking me in again but just then someone knocked at the outer door it was madame x who came stealing in drawing the bolt noiselessly behind her i looked in her weary face with its white hair and beautiful blue eyes and saw gentleness and sympathy there and sincerity she said mon mari has been talking in the restaurant with a friend of his a danish doctor a red cross doctor madame you understand and oh he is so sorry for you madame and he thinks he can help you to escape he wants to come up and see you for a moment i advise you to see him will you bring him up i said immediately the old patron went on undressing the little girls getting them hurriedly into bed and telling them to be quiet they kept shouting out questions to me and whenever they did so their grandmother would smack them silence les alboches will hear you but they were terribly naughty little girls whenever i spoke they repeated my words in loud mocking voices their sharp little ears told them of my foreign accent and they plucked at every strange note in my voice and repeated it loud and shrill but the grandmother smacked them into silence and pulled the bedclothes up over their faces then a gentle tap and madame x and the danish doctor came stealing in ah how piercing and pathetic was the look i cast on that tall stranger i saw a young fair-haired man in grey clothes with blue eyes and an honest english look quiet kind sincere wearing the red cross badge on his arm i looked and looked then i told myself he was to be trusted in english he said i heard there was an english lady here who wants to get away from antwerp i interrupted sharply please don't speak english the germans are always going up and down the corridor they may hear he smiled at my fears but immediately changed into french to reassure me no no madame you mustn't be alarmed the germans are too busy with themselves to think of anything else just now and i want to help you your queen alexandra is a dane she is of my country and she has kept the bonds very close and strong between denmark and england yes if only for the sake of queen alexandra i want to help you now and i think i can do so if you will pass as my sister i can get a pass for you from the danish consul and that will enable you to leave antwerp in safety may i see your papers i asked him now and i am sure you are sincere but you understand that i would like to see your papers certainly 
and he brought out his papers of nationality and i saw that he was undoubtedly a dane working under the red cross for the belgians when i had examined his papers i let him examine mine and now i must ask you one thing more he said i must ask for your passport i want to show it to my consul in order to convince him that you are really of british nationality will you give me your passport i am afraid that without it my consul may object to do this thing for me that was an agonized moment i had been told a hundred times by a hundred different people that the one thing one should never do never 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 not under any circumstances was to part with one's passport and here was this gentle dane pleading for mine promising me escape if i would give it i looked up at him as he stood there tall and grave i was not quite sure of him and why because he had spoken english and i still thought that was a dangerous thing to do no i was not quite sure i stood there breathless stupefied trying to think madame x watched me in silence i knew that i must make up my mind one way or the other well i shall trust you i said slowly i put my passport into his hands his face lit up and i watching in that agony of doubt told myself suddenly that he was genuine that was real gladness in his eyes ah madame i do thank you so for trusting me his voice was moved and vibrant he bent and kissed my hand then he put the passport in his pocket to-morrow at three o'clock i will come here for you trust me absolutely i will arrange for a peasant's cart or a fiacre and i will myself accompany you to the dutch borders have courage you will soon be in safety ten minutes after he had gone m claude burst into the room his face was black as night and working with rage what is this you have done he cried in a hoarse voice he is speaking with the germans in the restaurant horrible words it seems to me that as long as i live i shall hear them in my ears it is not true i cried it can't be true he is talking to the germans in the restaurant he repeated his rage was undisguised he flung on the table a little packet of english papers that i had given him to hide for me take these i have nothing to do with you you are my sister's affair i have nothing to do with you at all i rushed to him i seized him by the arm but he flung me off and left the room in and out of my brain his words went beating in and out in and out the thing was simple clear the dane had gone down to betray me and he had all the evidence in his hands oh fool that i had been i had brought this on myself it was my own unaccountable folly that had led me into this trap at any moment now the germans would come for me all was over i was lost they had my passport in their possession i could deny nothing the game was up i got up and looked at myself in the glass the habit of a lifetime asserted itself for all women look at themselves in the glass frequently and at unexpected times i saw a strange white face gazing at me in the mirror it is all up with you now are you ready for the end prepare yourself get your nerves in order you cannot hope to escape it is either imprisonment or death for you what do you think of that and then at that moment kindly mother nature took possession of the situation and sleep rushed upon me unawares i fell on the mattress and knew no more till a soft knocking at my door awoke me and i saw it was morning a light was filtering in dimly through the window blind i jumped up i was fully dressed having fallen asleep in my clothes 
madame whispered a voice open the door tout de suite n'est-ce pas it was the old woman's voice i pulled away the barricading chair and let her in over her shoulder i saw a man it was no german this it was dear pie-coloured henri in a grey suit with a white and black handkerchief swathed round his neck behind him were the two little girls quick quick breathed the old woman you must go madame you must go at once my brother is frightened he refuses to have you here any longer he is terrified out of his life lest the germans should discover that he has been allowing an english woman to hide in his house she threw an apron on me and hurriedly tied it behind me then she brought out a big black shawl and flung it round my shoulders then she picked up the blue and white check handkerchief lying on the table and nodded to me to tie it over my head you must go at once you must leave everything behind you you must not take anything we will see about your things afterwards you must pass as henri's wife there take his arm and you henri take one of the little girls by the hand and you madame you take the other there courage madame oh my poor child i am sorry for you she kissed me and pushed me out at the same time next moment hanging on to henri's arm i found myself outside in the corridor walking towards the staircase courage whispered henri in my ear suddenly i ceased to be myself i became a peasant i was henri's wife these little girls were mine i leaned on henri i clutched my little girl's fingers close i felt utterly unafraid i thought as a peasant i absolutely precipitated myself into the woman i was supposed to be and in that new condition of personality i walked down the wide staircase with my husband and my children passing dozens of german officers who were running up and down the stairs continually i got a touch of their system they moved aside to let us pass the poor little pie-coloured peasant his anxious wife the two solemn children with flowing hair the hall below was crowded with germans i saw their fair florid faces their grim lips and blazing eyes but i was a peasant now a little belgian peasant reality had left me completely fear was fled the sight of the sunshine and the touch of the fresh air on my face as we reached the street set all my nerves acting again in their old satisfactory manner courage madame whispered henri don't call me madame call me louisa i whispered back where are we going to a friend we turned the corner and crossed the street and i saw at once that antwerp as antwerp has entirely ceased to exist everywhere there were germans they were seated in the cafes flying past in motor-cars driving through the streets and avenues just as in brussels looking as if they had lived there forever voici madame muttered henri louisa i whispered supplicatingly End of chapter forty three recording by expatriate in bangor maine